Welcome, welcome, welcome to Interesting Enough. I am Nolan Todd. Thank you guys for joining us once again. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you. Of course, we are on Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, you, if you, it's actually, this is your first time joining us. Uh, we got a special guest. We haven't had him on in, well, maybe last college football season. Man, it's been a while, but filling in for Trey. Trey couldn't make it, but uh, we wanted to get into college football with a lot of news um, happening, so we figured we'd bring our uh, old recurring guest, uh, Robert Vinson. He's from the host. He's actually the host of the college football extravaganza. So um, go check that out. I'll let him plug it for you. But uh, Rob, man, how you feeling? Hey, I'm feeling good, man. And, you know, week 11 now for college football, it's it's already over pretty much. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, I, you know, I was talking to my girlfriend and it, uh, like last month, she was like, how long's football last and pro in college? I was like, at least till February. And she was like, oh, my God, she was already tired. Of it. <laughs> I was yeah, like, no. I was like, it's not that long. Don't don't act like it's that long. <laughs> I was, was going to say the actual correct answer is not long enough. Like, yeah. that's, what it, that's what it feels like when it's like the dog days of summer. All we got is baseball. So it's like, yeah, it's not long enough. So, no, I mean, we're actually going to have you. Uh, we, we Obviously, you and I talked about we're going to have you actually on for the preview of college football. But then it kind of snuck up on us. We had some other NFL stuff to get to. So, I mean, it's kind of late in the season to have here. But as, you know, unexpected, we do got a lot of college football news besides just the rankings, which we'll get into. So we got to talk about the Connor Stallions and Michigan situation. So that, that just lined up perfectly to have you on it and talk about this. And then, of course, today more news came out, which we'll get into. But for people that are listening that are not too brief on it, I'm sure they heard a little bit about it. Connor Stallions, obviously, you know, was purchasing tickets over a couple years essentially, you know, was quote-unquote science dealing, which, by the way, isn't illegal, but, you know, he's taking video, and, you know, everybody can fill themselves in the details on that, but it's obviously a big deal. So, you know, even today, I, I think I saw right before we jumped on the pod, um, Michigan's kind of fighting back and <laughs> threw, threw a couple teams' names under the bus to the Big Ten and basically let them know, hey, um, you know, they were kind of doing something similar to that. So, Robert, I'm going to let you go really anywhere with this. I don't have a too specific question, but really what I wanted to know is, is there any way to avoid a situation if Michigan, you know, does what they're expected to do and get to the college football playoff, even go ahead and finish the whole deal and win the championship. Is there any way we can avoid an asterisk on the season? Cause I feel like that's where it's leading to. If it gets to that point, um, you know, I, I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. I mean, there, there will be, but you know, like we're seeing with Michigan fighting back, like you said, they're, they're throwing Ohio State and uh, Purdue under the bus. Mind you, Purdue had their signs and still got waxed by 21 points. So, right. yeah. <laughs> like, good job trying to steal those signs. Yeah, I think everyone does it, and uh, maybe Michigan was doing it a little too good. You know, um, yeah. but, like I, I'm still not sure if that was Connor Stallions on the sideline with the Ray-Bans, the Central Michigan sideline. That photo is so, yeah. the photo is hilarious. Yeah, it's like, and he wasn't wearing Adidas shoes. There, It was like, it went deeper than that he was wearing like nike shoes the school was like an adidas school or something like that mm-hmm. and and uh he had like one of the ray-bans with the blue lights it you know it's like it's like is this going that deep i don't know this guy had a michigan manifesto it was pretty crazy i mean i mean i'm entertained by it what i'm what i'm thinking is um if if they are stealing signs everyone else is doing it too and you know you can put an asterisk as much as you want. I hate when you go back and you take Heisman's away, like Reggie Bush had his Heisman taken away. Um, you know, the the vacated wins for like Joe Paterno, although that might have been warranted. But, you know, right. 
stuff like that. It's like it happened. It, yeah. it already happened, and there's nothing you can do to take the memory or or the actual victory away in the moment. So I think doing that is kind of ridiculous. Now, um, should should teams be paying staff to go to other other in conference or out of conference playoff contender games and record? That's that you know that's got to be up to, for some regulation, but who's going to regulate it? I don't want the NCAA to do that. I hate what the NCAA does when when they suspended Tez Walker for um for North Carolina for right. transferring that. You know, I just want the NCAA out of college football. And right now with the college football playoff committee, it's it's kind of bifurcated now. It's not just one sole arbiter of of uh, bureaucracy. Really, it's it's the playoff and. They said they're not going to do anything about it, and the NCAA said they're not going to do anything about it right now either. So I guess we'll see what happens. And uh, the Big Ten said they might do something about it, but then Michigan said they'd sue them, and uh, Jim Harbaugh's still going to be coaching. Right, right. And th- Actually, that was going to be my next question because my whole thing with the, with, with the decision was whose lap is the decision going to fall on, right? Because I think we can all agree at this point, nobody wants the NCAA to make really any decisions for that matter. I mean, we can have a longer discussion about the NCAA even existing for the most part. I mean, again, that can go a lot longer than yeah, we have time in the pocket. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. So that can go a lot longer. Just but, but, old white dudes in the back, just not, not knowing, not being in touch with the times, honestly. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, like there, the, the NCAA stubbornness almost, and I know like a lot of people listen to this doesn't watch baseball, but it's like the only thing I can think about more stubborn old white dudes is baseball. And like in terms of like not wanting to adjust rules and stuff like that. So like, that's what I think of the NCAA. But it, in terms of the decision making, we know the NCAA will drag his feet with stuff like that. The Big Ten's not going to want to make a decision on that because Michigan's their big money maker. So it's like a tough spot to come up with. And then, of course, y- you have already alluded to it. When we've seen decisions be made in the past with, with any allegations, right? Like you can go to the Joe Paterno stuff, which is more extreme. You can go to the, you know, um, the Reggie Bush stuff you mentioned. What happens every single time is the, the crappiest part, which is the decision gets made. And then the people that have to, you know, suffer the consequences are the people that had nothing to do with the situation, which ends up just being the kids that are like, that are still like on scholarship or coming into the school. Right. Right. So like that, that's the problem I think with the Michigan situation. Now to be clear, and as you mentioned, the Connor Stallions thing is, it's so funny to me because it's almost like, uh, you know, I always think about like the OJ Simpson thing, like when he kind of wrote that book and he was like, oh, I didn't do the crime, but like if I would do it, this is how it would be. Yeah. The Connor Stallions thing is kind of like, you know, it's not the same type of case, but it's like, even if he's not guilty, right? Because like you said, the pictures, like we don't know if it's him, stuff like that. It's just like everything that this guy has talked about or does like basically feels like it could be him. Like essentially, like you said, writing a manifesto with your love for the university. Kind of odd. Like, I, you know, everybody loves, I know you love Florida, but like not not to that level. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so like there's just. But like I don't know. That- I kind of I, I kind of I, I lit up a joint the other day and I was like, you know what? I need to write my Florida manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah. He's he, he's a I'm a disciple. He motivated me. I'm gonna start stealing signs. <laughs> right, right. So like some of the stuff that Connor Stallion's done, and of course, you know, he's he's talked about you know him go to the naval or um into the military and his training and stuff like that, and like that's part of the things that he used. It's I mean, just if you people read these details, it's it's kind of wild. So my whole thing with the the decision being made, I don't want it to be a situation where there's going to be an asterisk on the season. But if I'm a school. And I guess my question to you would be, if you're another school, so you're Ohio State, 
uh, maybe that's a bad example because they're a rival. You're you're just in any school competing, Georgia, whoever. If they beat you, I mean, isn't that something you can use as an alibi? Because I mean, it it may have not directly affected on the field that game that they beat you in, but you can just always hang your hat on. Well, they shouldn't have been there in the first place. We shouldn't have played them. Like I know that's like kind of like a crappy reasoning, but isn't that something that they can use and and maybe even will if we get to that point? Yeah, I mean, they can use it and they can they can holler all they want, but. The reality is when you get caught red-handed doing the same same thing, it doesn't look good. And, you know, that doesn't make your argument look good. And right now that's what Michigan's trying to say. And by no means am I on Michigan's side, obviously, like paying someone to do this. That's that's way above. And that's why it's outlawed in the first place, because a lot of these smaller universities can't pay staff to go go around and record signals and put together spreadsheets and stuff. You know, they just don't have the funds to buy games to 30 different games for like 11 different schools. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. but, but at the same time, at the same time, um, they still signals in other ways. So. Right. And, and that was, that was gonna, the thing. It's just something that's understood in the sport that happens all the time. I mean, I know it, it be, it, they actually put the rule in for sign stealing in 94. And, and again, to be fair, when you go through the actual, you know, like the description of the rules, sign stealing per se isn't illegal. So like when you see, this is just for people listening to like when you see like the, you know, the, the backup quarterback and stuff holding up signs and like doing signals and it's like Taylor Swift and like Katy Perry on a poster oh, board yeah. or something like that's not illegal. The, the part that's illegal is actually videoing it. Right. Or like doing in-person scouting. So like, but again, I think like you said, people kind of already know that this stuff exists, but it's kind of like one of those things where, they had to make it a rule kind of almost almost like with the paying players, right? Like we know people are players are getting paid under the table. Like now we got to have NIL, something like that. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I think this might, this is a solution, but it, it's not going to be conducive to the the modern television and the new clock rules, how college football wants to go, how, how they have so many commercials just huddle up. A lot of these teams are getting signals. I mean, defense is getting the signal obviously off of the offense and that, that makes sense. But if you're on the offense side, just huddle up like you used to, you know? Mm-hmm. That's how old school football used to be. You, you get to play, you run one guy on. I mean, Spur used to run the dual quarterback system with with um, Shane Matthews and Doug Johnson, I think. You'd run them on and off. So that, that's just how you have to do it sometimes. Yeah, and, and again, there's a couple things in the NCAA game that I don't know why they didn't do it because you're going to have to huddle up if you want to go pro, which is where most of these guys' aspirations are, at least at the – the high, high D1 level. I know some of the other schools, whatever. I mean, e- even the on defense, right, with the signals, like in the NFL, you're going to have the green dot. You're going to have the guy that's getting, you know, getting the headset in. So it's the same thing. So at, at some point, it's like it's kind of archaic to be doing it in the way you're talking about. So you, like you said, it's an easy solution. Um, now, I know the I was hearing something about the the green dot situation as well. Like it, it comes down to similar what you were talking about with the with the schools and the resources like some schools don't have as much money as other schools. So like they got to pay to get these helmets and the technology and this and that. So like, you know, Ohio state and Georgia can get these, but like, what about like Toledo and some of the other schools? you know what I mean? So it just becomes like a different situation. I, I think that's kind of hard to enforce, but I'm excited. To, I'm still excited to hear about it. But I'm, I'm assuming Rob, when, when are you expecting a decision? Because obviously we don't think about it this year is you just think it's the off season. And then where do you think this lands Harbaugh? Cause I know they got the extension talk with him still. So you think that changes anything? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and that's I've I've I listen to all these, you know, college football podcasts and talk shows. And uh, some people are saying there's going to be a decision before the game at Penn State or there's there's going to be 
um, you know, decision at the end of the year for Harbaugh if he wants to go pro. And I don't know because they're fighting pretty hard. And at this point, like like we were saying, who who's going to be in charge here? And I think the more we get into NIL and the more we get into this Wild West era of college football where the NCAA is starting to fade and the playoff committee is going, I think the playoff committee is going to be in charge of some things. And I think the conferences, because they're growing in number and power, they're going to be in charge of a lot of things as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I think the conference and the schools are going to have to handle it, um, you know, legally or, or you know, figure out the rules and how to play that way. Yeah, spe- and again, oh, that brings me to a point. I mean, I definitely want to talk about some conference realignment stuff if we had time. But speaking of the Pac-12 dissolving and now being the best conference in the, in the sport, that's hilarious. But yeah, that's uh, Pac- right. Pac-12 has been so entertaining this year. I mean, no, like. For, for the most part, besides Utah and like Oregon and Washington, no defense whatsoever. But you know, most, yeah, absolutely no defense. Is yeah, most there. entertaining conference by far this whole year. I, I've, you know, I don't even watch Pac-12 that much, but I, I this year I've watched all like all of it. It's amazing. <laughs> no, listen, and and I wanted to talk about Colorado in a second too. Now that we're on the Pac-12, Trey and I were just talking about it. I wouldn't. I've historically never stayed up for any Pac-12 games outside of the USC games. And I was like a kid with Reggie so and stuff. Yeah, right. So yeah. Like, when you're on the East coast, right. Central, like we're not staying up for those games. Like it's gotta be a reason. Like we're, we're in, you know, SEC country, ACC, that's about it. Right. Like it's a big, you know, big 10, whatever that, and that's about it. But it, it's so crazy. Like I'm watching all of these games every single week. I'm looking for Washington playing in Oregon and vice versa and USC. And then you, of course, you know, you got coach prime of Colorado. And I wanted to bring this up because we hadn't, I hadn't talked to you about coach prime and um you know i know you listen to a lot of um college football content in general so what's the overall feeling with colorado like what are you hearing and 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 i'm I'm talking not just in terms of like you know wins and losses because obviously their season is stumbled which is kind of expected but i I really want to know what's considered a successful season for them in terms of people that actually pay attention to college football on a regular basis yeah um i mean they won one game last year, and the over right, right. the over under on on wins and losses was two for Colorado this year. So I would say this overall season's a success, especially with like USC and all the teams that are really good in the Pac-12 right now. And uh, you know they're competitive against UCLA last week or the week before. So I, I like that. I like what Coach Prime is doing. I'm I'm a big fan, honestly. Um, and I I wish Florida might. Go get him <laughs> if Billy Napier. Go, <laughs> he would love to get, get, you know, give the dagger to FSU like that. He wouldn't do it, but um, no, I think he's doing good. And it's just, I don't know. He just came in there and did a total overhaul of their their uh, roster, and you know, people are giving him a hard time. But it's a transfer portal. It's it's nil. It's everything. And Colorado is a historically good program. Like in the '90s, early 2000s, Colorado they had they had some guys and they they were up in the national championship um you know talk so he's trying he's bringing them back to that light now he might have got a little bit too much publicity at first but now it's kind of simmering down we're gonna we're gonna see whenever the team gets older and see how long he stays i don't know how long he stays there i hope he stays for a while and makes it a a program okay so that you touched on a couple of things i want to mention so uh, let me give you my theory on how long he stays since you since you mentioned that first. Okay, so I, th- I think he's done great, you know, as expected. 
And I think the like you said, with the addition of the transfer portal, I mean, you can turn a, a bad school into a contender really quick. I mean, let's use USC as a good example. I mean, they were not very good two years ago. Lincoln Riley comes over, brings over Jordan Addison, Caleb Williams, you know, the top receiver in the country, the top quarterback in the country, and then gets a whole bunch of recruits. And now and they're not in college football playoff contending, right? But they're, in, you know, they're an eight-win team, right? Like, you know, eight to nine-win team perennially now. And then, of course, they've got that hotbed. Now, here's my Colorado thing. And everyone's like, well, you know, when's Dion going to go? When's Dion going to go, right? I think Dion is going to eventually leave. I, I can't imagine Dion or Coach Prime being at Colorado for, for even half a decade. So I, I think he stays at least another year. And my only reason for that is Travis Hunter. We obviously know Travis Hunter is one of the best players in the country, no matter any school, right? So obviously he was the number one recruit in the nation. He can't go to the NFL this year. He's got to stay at least till next year. I don't think he would leave, considering that Travis Hunter and how close they are, that he left, that he came to play for Coach Prime at Jackson State, then transferred where Coach Prime eventually got the job at Colorado. And, of course, he can't transfer again with the transfer rules. I, I don't see a situation where he would just leave after that year. Now, if he, in a year, Travis Hunter goes to – to the NFL, obviously both of his sons will be gone at that point. If they don't, if one of them doesn't already leave Shadur this year, at that point, you got to think about, it's not a matter of, does he not want to stay at Colorado? It's because who's going to come calling. Now you and I both know he really wanted to wanted the Florida state gig. Obviously that's turned for the up and up in a good way for Florida. Yeah, state. He might be, ven- he might be vengeful about this. too. That, and that, that was my point. Even if the Florida state thing just absolutely tanked, I actually think here's the funny thing. I actually think, Obviously, he's from Florida. I think there's a situation. Let's just look. I'm a Hurricanes fan. I know you're a Florida Gators fan. Right. Both of our situations are not really great. I, I would argue Florida has a, a little bit better situation than what we got right now, considering we couldn't even take a knee. Sure. But, <laughs> yeah. but, look, look. Obviously, I'm still jaded. All right. So, like, let me, let me, let me get the off season to like worry about that. But let's just say, in, let's say in, in a year and a half from now, both of our coaches are gone. Are you telling me what the resources or the money that both these schools, specifically Florida, but the, both of these schools can have with, with the, the recruiting bed, him being from Florida? I, I just don't see a situation where he could pass that up. Now, which, which school he chooses or whatever, that would be a, a hell of an offer. And if you're Florida, if you're Miami, it's a blank check, right? Like, you're like, hey, come here, wherever, you, you know. If he can get these recruits to come to Colorado, I mean, it would be a joke. And that would be the day Nick Saban and the rest of those guys retire. Because, like, if he gets in anywhere in that situation, it's a wrap. So so that's my theory. I think in a year and a half, Travis Hunter and that crew is gone. If those jobs open up with the correct resources, that's the only situation he would move. It would have to be there or maybe maybe one of the schools in Texas, you know, just because Texas got the money, but maybe we'll see with, with Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. But, I mean, that'd be tough. That's my theory. What, what say you? Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean – It'd be very controversial. I think it's almost too controversial. I don't think, I don't know. And it'd know. be fighting Florida State. You go to Florida? Like, that'd be yeah. crazy. Oh, dude, uh, my I have so many Florida State friends. They hate them. They hate them already. And <laughs> so that would just make it even even worse. So if he wanted to do that and, you know, had the money, they could do it. Um, I Yeah, I mean, the defense, though, the defense is what get, it's what's getting me. If, if he comes back next year and Colorado has a decent defense, then that that's good. He's gonna get recruits though. That's the thing. He's gonna get recruits. Right. And have a good offense. Yeah. I don't know. I could see a situation where he also goes to the pros just because he he knows everything. I mean, he's he's a one of the best, if not the best, 
football player of all time. So he, but, he knows everything there is to know, right? Here's my only thing with the pros, though. I just feel like he has a certain level of pull with the young college students that it just, I'm not going to He does it. feel like, you know, like the dad yeah. figure, you know, like he could. Yeah, I'm, he I'm not going to say it wouldn't work. I'm not going to disrespect him and say it just wouldn't work with grown men because, I mean, everyone knows prime, right? So, like, he's going to get that respect regardless. But it just feels like, like you said, with the attention that he gets in the limelight and, you know, even just his rhetoric, I just feel like a lot of that just fits the college game. And by, by the way, in college, we don't have a lot of those like high profile coaches like we used to have in the past. You know what I mean? So like he was kind of good for the sport in that way to like bring that extra excitement, you know, regardless of, you know, if you're competing school or not. The defense thing, though, that you mentioned, well, that gets remedied if you go to the state of Florida. I mean, you can get all those DBs and everything you want, like team speed. You can get all that in the state of Florida. And like you said, that's going to be key because we're going to see in this offseason, he's going to get a couple you know, he's going to get a couple of recruits that were on the bench at LSU or Alabama at, at some of these at some of these schools to come over to Colorado. So, like, it, it, like you said, if he can even just have a formidable defense and, of course, the offensive line, like we haven't even talked about that. I mean, the offensive line is just a joke. I mean, so, like, you'd have to get those two things shored up and then let's let's make it even more interesting. What if he gets these recruits and maybe in a year and a half from now you're looking at a team that's like projected to be a nine or ten one team? Then it's kind of like man, like, how do you leave that situation? Now, I don't know if Colorado would ever get to that point, but, I mean, even with the transfer portal, like, you still got to do well with the recruiting. Do you think he can do well enough to get, like, a top five recruiting class, like, competing with all these other, you know, big universities? Yeah, I think so. I think Colorado is is a premier destination, honestly. Like, it's a great state. It's beautiful out there. Um, you know, they have a good school. I think Colorado is a place that he could make a program, so – it's just one of those things. Now, depending on where they're going for the Pac-12, I guess they're going back to the Big 12 now? Yeah, they're going, yeah. The, the, the realignment thing, I mean, like, it's like every day in the summer, it was like, who's going where? But, yeah, so it looks like they're going to the Big 12 now. So, I guess they're kind of replacing, like, Texas and Oklahoma and a couple of those. So, we'll see how that goes and you know, right on time. Because, like you said, the Pac-12 just got super, super competitive um, yeah. <laughs> really quickly. So Yeah, I mean, I don't – I think I – because – I've been out there. I don't know if you've ever out there. I've, I've been out to Denver, up in the mountains and stuff like that. And, mm. and it's just beautiful, man. I, and there's no way to describe it. And then also, it, you're kind of close to the West West Coast if you want to be. And you're you're close to, um, I guess, the Midwest. So you're centralized. You can go wherever you want, pretty much. Mm. And look, at the end of the day, I mean, how many national TV games in Colorado get at least that first half of the year? It, it, every single one of the games are on national TV, right? So, like, yeah. If you're a college kid, like, that's playing a sport, the number one thing you probably care about outside of, you know, like, playing time, of course, is, like, being seen, right? Like, in Colorado, was still on prime time. Like, no, they were no a wagon. They were a wagon the first the first four weeks. I bet on them every week the first four weeks and won. <laughs> and it, yeah. was, it was amazing. I felt so good. Like, when uh, everyone had all the hype about TCU, you know, coming back and trying to make another run at the national championship – Last year was a fluke for TCU, almost pretty much. You know, they they won three games in the final minute. One of them, they had to run a field goal team on and kick it like last second. So I was like, Colorado's winning this game off the bat, and that's when I knew it was going to be a crazy college football season. When Colorado beat TCU that that opening week, I was like, Yep, this one's going to be a weird one. (laughs) It's going to be a weird year. It's been a weird season. It has been. Yeah. Speaking of that, because as right before we hopped on the pod. Um, the, the new college football rankings just dropped, obviously. So no change from last week. You know, we got Ohio State 
Georgia, Michigan, Florida State in that order. Any issues with the rankings? I mean, and to round out the top five is Washington. So you got all the undefeated teams, obviously there. So I mean, it, it fits, you know, numerically. Um, but in terms of the seeding right now, I know we're going to see some of this play out. Like you know, you got a couple big games this weekend. Any like glaring issues with the rankings? No, no, because like I know Florida State fans are going to complain, but you got Ohio State, and Michigan right there. Michigan hasn't really played anyone that's been. Yeah, super good. They got Penn State this week, and this that's going to be their 10th game. So we're week 11, and Michigan's finally playing a team that's ranked in the top 25 here. So that that's what's going on with Michigan. But they've looked the most consistent. I know a lot of people have them at number one. I don't see how you can with that. Uh, Georgia has even had some close calls, but I think they've been playing around. I, I don't know, man. I think any one of these teams in the top, I'll say, eight right now, Alabama down could win any game against another on any given day. That's just how I feel. I think Washington has the most impressive win if you're going by overall rank and schedule because Oregon's number six. They beat Oregon. Um, Florida State has win over LSU, Clemson, which isn't looking too good. Um, you know, they haven't really played too much of anyone, and they've also struggled a little bit on the on the way. Same with Ohio State. Ohio State probably has the best resume, beating two top 15 teams. So I guess right. that's why they're ranked number one. But it's going to shake out. And, I, you know, I would even put Oregon over Washington because I think Oregon played better in that game. And I think if they play again in the Pac-12 championship, I think Oregon's going to win that and, and maybe leapfrog them. But I could see a world where Washington would leapfrog Florida State. And I know mm. people are going to hate me for that, but – I think Washington is a way better team than Florida State. I don't know why Washington's number five. You know, uh, well, well, let, look, all right, well, look, we can tell the truth here. Let's let's we we can we're not going to pretend like we know why Washington's number five. And and the committee acts like they're looking at everything year to year, and they're not. Like they're they're going to treat the Pac-12 schools and these schools that that get and they're going to group them all together. And usually, when Washington or these teams in Oregon historically get to the college football playoff, you and I both know what happens. They get smacked by an SEC school or a Big Ten school. And it's unfair to Washington and Oregon this year because I agree with you. Washington and Oregon is probably two of the top four four to five teams, probably the top two of the top four teams in the country. If you were just to ask me in a vacuum, but they're getting unfair. I don't even know if it's unfair because, like, we do it all the time in previous college football history. Just We just go year to year, like – Georgia's going to get the love because of their pedigree, right? Like they're the back-to-back national champions, right? Like even if they don't, they obviously don't look as good as the other two years for the most part, but we're still going to give them, you know, another number two ranking. Should they even be number two? It probably should be Michigan. They probably looked better, but they're just going to get that. They're going to get that love. And and the, the problem with the Pac-12 school is, I mean, I don't think there's a way that they can get two schools into the college football playoff, right? Like one of them is going to get knocked out, you know, just by default in the Pac-12 championship game. But they pro- there probably should be two in there. That's that's the problem I do have the rankings. There are probably two really good Pac-12 teams that deserve to be in, but only one's going to get in, and, and the one is even a maybe. Yeah, that's why this 12, the 12 bracket playoff would be good, but now the way they're going to do that, that's going to be dumb. You're gonna have like a two lane, and it's because it's an automatic bid. So two lane wins. Oh, that's right. Yeah, two lane wins its conference, and um, and the American, and they get a bid, and and maybe that'll maybe that's gonna spread out some of these conferences and have 
have an effect on conference realignment. Like maybe some of these bigger schools would be like, Hey, I want to be in the, the American cause we can win that and get into the playoff every single year. So I, I don't know, but, um, I, right now someone's going to get snubbed. Like someone is getting snubbed out of the playoffs this year, whether it be Florida state or Washington or Texas, um, Texas is in danger right now with Quinn Ewers not coming back, man. Um, yeah. th- maybe this week they they have a tough, tough game uh, at TCU, at Iowa State, and Texas Tech. That if Quinn, Quinn Ewers needs to get back in a hurry, right? They, he gets back, he's doing good. And Alabama's looking better than ever, so you can't count them out. They could, you know, play Georgia, and Georgia's got Ole Miss this week too. So it's they a big, week. it's a big week. And, and I was going to ask you. Which of these teams, in terms of the one-loss teams, like who was the most dangerous one-loss team you think of in terms of like, hey, like that's a team I don't want to see? Because like, I mean, we discussed Oregon, Texas, Bama. Like, I can legitimately see, and I don't put Ole Miss in that category. Probably fair, unfair. Just I don't really view them in that way. But Penn State's also there too. Louisville. Is there any one of those schools that you're like this one-win team? They, I probably they're probably one of the best four or five teams, but they just got the loss. Yeah, are you kidding me? It's got to be Alabama. It's really? got to be Alabama. Yeah, I mean, um, their defense is kind of stepping up. They held LSU to 28 now. Now, Daniels obviously got hurt there in the fourth quarter, but they still held them to 28 up up until 14 minutes in the fourth quarter, and uh, they were able to score. I think um, Jalen Milrow, he's he's running the ball. He's kind of beasting, beasting it up, going beast mode right now. Yeah. I think uh, them – or I would say Oregon, because Oregon's looking, Oregon's looking sharp right now. Here's the thing with Oregon. I mean, are, are would you really pick them in a game against Nutrisite against Michigan, Georgia, or Ohio State? Like, I mean, I'm asking you in a vacuum, but like, the pause is probably probably not. I'm, I'm assuming, right? Like, that's the hard part. And it, and to be fair, it's. They really are physical on both sides of the ball, which is something we don't attribute Oregon to in those type of schools. We just think they're a bunch of speed, but they really have it all. But I just, I just personally, and this is me, like just talking, venting to you, basically, I can't get over, like looking at Oregon as a soft Pac-12 school. That's basically it. Like that's, I just have like a a bias that I can't get by. Yeah, I do too. I think they are evolving, but then I go back and think about how they almost lost to Texas Tech earlier in the season, um, and then you know. Washington State played them close, but the last two weeks they've looked really sharp, blowing out Utah, ending the ending the Rice Eccles Stadium streak for wins there, and uh, they got USC this week, so we'll we'll see if we'll see if that's a shootout. I think that's a good base right there. If if they score about the same amount of points as they did last week against against California against USC, then we know if they face a real defense, they're not going to score that many points. You know, if they face a Georgia yeah. defense or an Alabama or Ohio State. Ohio State's defense is playing out of this world. Yeah. Um, so I think if they face any of those teams, defense is going to be smothering. But then again, it's like if you, if you got a good enough offense and good enough playmakers, you, you can score some points still. And I think they could score more than an Ohio State or a Georgia. But. Georgia's also looking sharp right now too. So I don't I don't know. I that's why this year is so fun. It's such a mess. I love it. I I wish it was like a like a 6 or 8 team playoff this year. Yeah, I mean there's just so much parity in the sport. I mean, I guess that's the 
the the easy answer and then the best way to to kind of put it because i'm i mean i'm looking at these schools and you can literally legitimately give me an argument i mean you mentioned bama i mean i can mention texas healthy with yours on the right day i think they can beat anybody in the country you know what i mean like on a a neutral site yeah so it's it's such a funny year like bama i was not sold on milrow early on like most people are but like you said he's just kind of like finding ways to win games like he seems to be like really good at throwing the deep ball but then just like everything else not really but like if they can hit enough couple of deep shots a game and he can run, I mean, they can kind of win. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's kind of hard. Like when I'm watching these schools, the Florida state one is interesting to me because you made a good point. I feel like their resume, you know, it's like one of those things their their resume has like deteriorated as like the season gone on. Cause like when they first beat Clemson in that close game, you're like, Oh, they beat Clemson. And then like, you look up at Clemson's got like four losses and then they beat Duke. And then like Duke's not like even ranked anymore. So it's like their, their resume doesn't look great. Even the game they got in Miami versus Miami, it's a robbery game this week. Miami's not very good. Maybe if it would have been four weeks ago, it would have looked you know different. So even if they do beat Miami and they do go undefeated and they do go to the ACC championship game, it's like you don't really know how good this team really is. I mean, like we know the weapons and like the, the names and Jordan Travis and stuff like that and Keon Coleman, but like I don't know if they're better than Washington or Oregon, yet they're going to be in if they go undefeated and if Oregon gets upset by USC, they can be a two loss team that is probably a top four team, but Hey, like USC can upset the apple carton and then, you know, Oregon not get in because, and I, and I guess I kind of agree with you what you said earlier. I think Oregon is better than Washington. Like just, just, just like flat out. I just think they're a better think team. So. Than- even, even after the head to head win, I still think, I still think Oregon played better in that game. Exactly. And like we watched the same game and, and I'm looking like, OK, well, I, and I look, I love Penix and, and you know, uh, Dunze and all these receivers. But like defensively, Washington wasn't very good and Oregon wasn't very good in that game either. However, it was a road game and they had their spots and they still I mean, we're just talking about a missed field goal here. Like, from the, you know, what I mean, we're not even talking about like a game that they lost by like seven or 14 points. Like we're just talking about a field goal and a decision to go for it. On fourth down. Right. Yeah. So field goal yeah, in the second or first half. Yeah. Exactly. We're talking about a co- like just a couple plays here and there. That's like a different ball game. And again, on the road, which matters. So I kind of feel like in a way I want to see Oregon beat USC just because I want them to be the one loss team. If there is one that gets in, because I just feel like if Washington gets in, I-, I just don't really have enough faith in them playing a Georgia or a Michigan, especially like any of those teams, because I just feel like they'll be able to score points, but I just don't think, I mean, like they've got nobody to guard, Marvin Harrison, or I know Georgia doesn't have Brock Bowers, but they still got, you know, McConkie and some weapons and Michigan's really good too offensively with Blake Quorum and that crew. So it's like, I don't have the confidence in them. And I do feel like if Oregon plays in one of these games, they can play in one of these games that I can, I can see a situation where they win a game. That's not a shootout per se. So like, I, I guess that's what I'm looking at it with, but look, it's going to be an interesting weekend. So, you know, I mean, we'll see how it kind of goes for the most part. Like you said, we'll, we'll, we'll get a lot of answers to our questions and this week, and then upcoming in the following week as well, too. But before we get out of here, man, I did want to talk about the Heisman race because I'm looking at the the Heisman odds. And I think it was like uh, I think it was Penix was, was on top of like plus 280 the last time I looked plus 250 plus 280, something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could probably make a case for three or four different guys and you being the college football guy. Is there a year in recent memory that you can remember that the race being this wide open this late into the year, like where like you can't pinpoint really like one guy for sure? Because I was trying to like look back and I, I mean, I'd have to remember where I was thinking at that those times, but 
I always had a guy in my head. I'm like, oh, I can kind of see like this guy winning it. And like this year, it just feels like at this point, somebody's just going to have to win it because they have to award the award. That sounds like so crappy to say, but like, that's how I'm feeling about it. There's not one guy that's standing out, but I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I think you got to look at, uh, well, first of all, yeah, it's kind of, it's definitely wide open. You have all these quarterbacks outperforming, you know, the, the normal. So, and they're all like very close together. I don't remember a year where it was this close where you weren't like, this is the, the player right here, but I, I don't put a lot of stock into the Heisman anymore because it's mostly if your team's done the best and you know, mm-hmm. if you're on that team and you're a quarterback, like I wish, I wish a little, it was a little bit more wide open. Cause I think Brock Bauer should have been in the running. I think, um, Ollie, Marvin. yeah, Marvin Harrison should be definitely in the running. He's the best wide receiver in the country. And, and I think even for Oklahoma State, Ollie Gordon, he is going to yeah. be next year, dude. Uh, Ollie, ever since Ollie Gordon has been getting the ball over at Oklahoma State, they've been winning. He put up like 273 yards, um, not this week against Oklahoma. He put up like 130 or something against Oklahoma, but put up 270 yards the previous week. Yeah. He's an animal. He's an animal. But uh, also Jaden Daniels at LSU. He's mm-hmm. he's He got hurt, but... The man is putting up numbers that are aligning with LSU's 2019 offense. Right. That's how good LSU's offense is this year. And they've, they've squandered it by having a defense circa 2020 Florida Gators with Kyle Trask. But, uh, you know, it's giving me flashbacks. But I think Jaden Daniels <laughs> is doing really good. Um, unfortunately, they've lost three games, so he's, not, he's probably not going to win. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard because – like you said, and that's a good point. The award, it's the Heisman's also become like the NFL MVP award. It's just like it's just a quarterback award. And I know that's the most important position, but it's a little unfair at times because you, you get a lot of guys that are missing out on the award that we just feel like we have to give it to a quarterback and to one of the best teams in the country. But I guess we're still waiting on that Heisman moment. And like, you know, every Heisman, they got to have that Heisman moment where they, they play a big game in a big situation. And that's what we think about in that year when they win the award. I guess none of these guys maybe have had that moment yet. Maybe we will see it. Like, I know Penix is in the running. You know, he's got a couple big games coming up. So, will he have that moment? Bo I mean, Caleb, Caleb Williams in USC, that offense, like, they make people look fucking silly. Yeah. Honestly. It, like, I was watching the Washington-USC game, and I had the over. because and The over was 76 points. <laughs> so, I was just hanging out with my friends. They are like, who are we rooting for? I was just like, points. We want all the points. And Caleb Williams was running all over the field, breaking ankles. And I was like, this dude is insane. So yeah. it's I think he should be up there in the top three, really. It, and that's the thing, too, because he was in the race, right, before their recent – I mean, I would say he was kind of falling out of the race before the loss to Washington because of previously. But if you look at it, he's played so well. And like you said, it's almost like a team award because now they've got, what, like through almost, what, three losses, two or three losses. So yeah, it's just because like, Lincoln Riley doesn't have a defense and will <laughs> never have a defense, Caleb Williams gets to, you know, bear the brunt of that and not be in the top of the Heisman race. This offense is crazy. Right. And then it's like, what, they hung up 42 points. He hung up 42 points and they lost the game. And it's like, he's not in the Heisman race. It's like, that's kind of like hard to be like, because if you're asking me who's the best player I've seen in the country all year, if you don't say him, it's he's the second or third name you name, right? Like it's no matter wins or losses, like you watch Caleb Williams because he's that great and he's played that great. So it's almost 
you know, I know he's not going to win the award and it's unfortunate because the team. So, I mean, I'm looking at the award and it's like, I guess it's got to go down to the teams that are really good in their best players. So, you know, right. you got Penix, like you mentioned, Jaden Daniels. I think Marvin Harrison's really the only non-quarterback that he's not going to win it, but he's the only one that even has a shot of just getting to New York. Right. Like just period, because they're that good and he's their best player. by I would far. say give it to Marvin Harrison because he's had to, he's just he's had to carry that whole Ohio State offense. Now, they didn't have running backs up until a couple of weeks ago. So he's he's just been the sole producer there pretty much. Here, here's the only way Marvin gets it to me. He's got to put up historic numbers these last couple of games and he's got to have like a sports center play here and there and a couple Heisman moments where like a game, maybe it's a game winning touchdown or something like that's the only way he gets it like this award, unless he just was putting up 2000 yards. You know what I mean? Like that's the, like the bar is so high for non quarterbacks to your point. It's just like, he probably should get it because if you're look, if you're, if I'm deciding between Penix, Jaden Daniels, Marvin, I think Jordan Travis is in it, of course. And Bo Nix, obviously we got more games to play, but I mean, I hate doing the thing. Like if the season ended today, but if the season ended today, I probably would really lean towards Marvin because none of the other guys have just, you know, they've all had their great moments, but they've also had their just like, okay, they're they're just like there. Yeah, they're, and they're like Kyle McCord's not that guy. Right. There so you he's, go. he's doing this with with a quarterback who is, you know, the, the Ohio State fan base has kind of waffled on a little bit. And, right, and, and it's like, this isn't like, good point, because this isn't the year where you had the Dwayne Haskins or the C.J. Strouds, right? Like these quarterbacks that were throwing – you know, 40 and 50 touchdowns and just like balling out. Like he's got a, you know, good quarterback to, to that, to the standard of what they've had before. So, you know, he's got, you know, average quarterback play, I think for the most part, and that's probably being kind at times, you know, I, I watched Penix and I hate to be that guy, but I mean, you're playing with two first round receivers, you know what I mean? With an offense, you know, it's kind of hard. I'm not saying that he's not, he's executing it to a high level, but it, it's the, it's the two a conversation, right? Mm. Like, how much credit does Tua really get if you're throwing a Tyreek Hill and Waddle? It's unfair, but it's fair, right? Like, at the same time. It so was like, like, I'm still throwing a Waddle. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. So it's like, I don't want to, like, take too much away from it from you, but I can't act like it's the same situation. You know, Jordan Travis, I mean, Keon, I mean, if if in any other year, if Marvin Harrison didn't exist, we'd be talking about Keon Coleman, like, in a whole, you know what I mean? Like, it's just in a whole different situation, like, how good he is. And they got two receivers that are really good and a really good offense to begin with. Bo Nix. He's just playing point guard out there to me. He's just operating, dinking and dunking and doing his thing. Nothing that when I think of Heisman, like no actual moment. Yeah. Right. So, I, so then I you... went back and watched the Cal game though, and he was kind of saucy with it. He got a he got a receipt okay. back. Bo, okay. Bo was doing good. But Bo has his moments. Um, you know, we used to call him Bo Picks back. Well, yeah, we and I guess I can't get that out of my head too. The the Bo at Auburn is what I can't get out of my head. But yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, it's wide open. Um, I would like to. I I don't know. I, I think I'm with you. I think Marvin Harrison is the best player, but we'll see. We'll see how it breaks down in, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we got to see how it breaks down. I mean, we got a lot of big games coming up, so um, I would love to see a receiver get it, but you know, we probably don't. You know, I'd like to see an O lineman get it. One, you know, what some, some <laughs> something different, you know. Or, or, or how about a defensive player and, and not not the cheesy Charles Woods a defensive player that you got to like actually have the ball in your hands and like punt return and stuff like that. Like how about just like a, yeah. a Manti Teo situation, right? Like, just like a if Colorado's run. good and Travis Hunter's playing both sides of the football and he's killing it on both sides of football. How is he not the best player in the country? Right. That's fair. That's good. That's a completely fair argument. too. And and you can see the difference when he's not on the field as well too you know what i mean it's it was very obvious when he wasn't there like how much they needed him on both sides so yeah that's a good point but yeah man before you get out of here 
real to real really quick what's your what's your two early playoff predictions like who maybe just give me teams that you see making it all the way to the national championship game you don't have to give me a winner but like who do you expect to see when it you know at the end here um it it's tough. a lot of ball left so i mean it's kind of an unfair question but yeah i think i think right now florida state unfortunately is a shoe in um mm-hmm. unless they lose to florida or miami or louisville in the acc championship which is what what that's looking like i think florida state's going to get there and uh They'll play Oregon, uh, just like in the 2014 mm. playoffs. And they're going to lose to Oregon in the playoffs, just like they did in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one prediction. And okay. my next prediction, um, Georgia beats Michigan. Okay. It, I, I guess we'll go Georgia-Oregon. And Georgia without Bowers, too. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they looked fine. Their other tight ends are perfect. You know, they're still good. Not they're not Bowers by any means, but they're still able to make up seventy five percent of what he can do. Um, now Georgia got to play Alabama, and they still have to play Ole Miss. So that one I'm not too sure about because Alabama could very well be Georgia in the SEC championship. And then we're talking about a whole new. Then whole, we got a whole different conversation. Yeah, <laughs> then we got a whole different conversation. Yeah. And I could see that happening too. That might be a prediction. Maybe Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship. And Kirby's like, well, how are you not going to let a one-loss Georgia in? And then someone, someone gets snubbed. So, okay, so real quick. So let's just, let's, let's play that scenario out. Georgia and Alabama are both one-loss teams. Yeah. Okay, let's say, let's just make it interesting and say Washington has a, has a loss. So you got all these one-loss teams. Let's say, let's say Florida State, you know, let's say Ohio State beats Michigan. So obviously one of them is going to lose. So you got, let's say Florida State ends up being the only undefeated team, mm-hmm. which is not super likely, but not impossible. Then what do you do? You know what I mean? Like, because you get two SEC schools in there, you know, do you, do you split the, you know, split the baby and you get a Pac-12 and SEC and then, you know, and then just get somebody else in. I mean, you, I think you take the Big 12 champion. Unless Michigan loses to Penn State, you take either Michigan or Ohio State. Okay. Florida State, Oregon, and um, then your SEC champ. I think Texas has a chance to lose to Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship. <laughs> wow, okay. Okay. I know, I know. Ollie Gordon's just crazy, but Texas can't stop the run. I don't know. So that's that's Texas is screwing everything up because if they if they end up being a one loss big 12 champion you got to put them in with the win over alabama you have to but it, it's just weird it's just weird so something's yeah. got to give or someone's going to get left out and it's going to be the fan base is going to be and, and and you know to your point think about it you said ohio state and michigan one of them beats the other the other one's gonna be like well i mean we only lost to them you know what i mean so it's like it's tough like how do you how do they get left out too too bad. I think I think with the four team format, that's what it is. It's do or die. Same with Georgia and Alabama. You know, both of those teams should be in the playoffs. You but know, what was it? Was it last year, or year before? One of them had one or not both of them. One of them had a one loss and still got in. I believe. Right. They lost in the SEC championship game. I think so. It's like, I guess the committee kind of picks and chooses at that point, right? Like I don't know. It's hard. There's no. That's been the well. That's been the issue, right? There's no real criteria. Like, we right. don't know, are we going to base on strength of schedule? Are we going based off of, like, pedigree? Like, what, like just this year? Like, what are we doing? So, I think yeah. they're flipping coins in there, man. Uh, honestly, I, <laughs> I, I think 
and I I don't think it's a bad method for this year to be fair. But um, I as long as Florida State or Georgia doesn't win, I think I'm gonna be happy because as a Gator fan, seeing Georgia and Florida State in the playoffs is just killing me. It's it's it's. <laughs> It's just tough sledding for you, man. No. It is. It's bad. Well, yeah. We we know at least one of them is going to be in there for sure. But you know, I I can't wait for the college football <laughs> season to to definitely to definitely we get some answers to it. And it's been exciting, right? Like we got some controversy. We got some new faces with Coach Prime in Colorado, and then we got parody. Like I mean, all the stuff that you'd want in the sport. You know, it's it's coming kind of coming to a head. So I'm happy to see it no matter what. But keep yep. betting anyway. Iowa unders and Pac-12 overs. That's that's all I have to say. If you had to take one thing from a Pac-12 overs, Iowa unders. Pac-12 overs, Iowa unders. Okay, that's what you've been rolling with all year. That's okay. what we've been rolling with, and it's been it's <laughs> been a wagon. <laughs> okay, well, keep that in mind. I mean, a little late in the game to tell us, but you know, we'll put it in this week for sure, man. We'll yeah, see yeah. see how it goes, but. But yeah, man. But anyway, I want to thank everyone so much for joining us once again. You know, we're going to drop this for you uh, tomorrow. Uh, actually, well, Wednesday when you get this pod. So let us know what you think in the comments. Of course, we're on Apple. We're on Spotify. Rob, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Of course, man, and filling in. Plug the people, man. Where, where can we find you? Where can we hear you? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, we just switched to a new YouTube channel. It's at CFB Extravaganza. So college football extravaganza. And it's like that on Instagram and uh twitter or x and uh yeah we're on all the podcatchers as well so if you search college football extravaganza you'll find us on spotify and and all those other things as well and you can follow my comedy at r vincent comedy as well yeah sure. plug in the comedy too two and one i love it oh yeah all right thank you for having me on man that was, this was fun i always like yeah. talking football yeah man we love it man so thank everybody so much for joining us once again and until next week peace